All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the start of something new, a decon podcast. I'm your host, Jake. And with me, as always, is my co-host. Pete. And this is the podcast in which we, we, we discuss every single Disney Channel original movie in chronological order, all the way from Under Wraps to Christmas Again. And now this is episode 14 in which we will be discussing from the year 2000, the Disney Channel original movie, The Color of Friendship. And before we get into all of our usual stuff, we just wanted to start this pre- this episode off with a little bit of a preface, a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, as many of you know, this movie handles very heavy subject matter. It's a period piece talking about apartheid in South Africa and, you know, the racial relationships between white, white and South Africans and black South Africans. And we are coming at this movie, neither of us being black. Yes. I think that it's super important to recognize um, that it, it's not an experience that we have personally had. And so it's not something that, like, I especially being just very flat out white don't have any, like, um, uh, like, I, I don't really have a place to speak um, on behalf of, of um, anyone of color. So I think that it's just really important um, that we acknowledge that before delving into this kind of kind of topic. Right. Yeah. I also, I am a person of color. I'm 100% Guatemalan. That is um, Guatemalan, Mayan, Indian from Guatemala. That is the country right directly below Mexico. But yes, I am personal color, but I'm not a black person of color. So this is, you know, also just nothing I've experienced. Um, For listeners who I don't think any of you guys know, don't know, I was also adopted at like the age of one by a white couple. So I've pretty much been raised in like a very white environment so this is like other like racial struggles I've never really faced much either just because of how I was adopted and up, brought up so I'm also not in a very good place to talk about these kind of things either but the point of this podcast is to review every single decom in order and this was on our on our path to get there eventually so we knew we'd have to tackled this movie and its subject matters but like we said we just wanted to disclaim right up front just take everything we say with major grains of salt people you know if we don't sound like we're really exactly know what we're talking about it's because you know we don't have this experience we don't have the background you know but we are going to discuss this movie because i do feel like it is a very important movie to be discussed not just decom but movie in general 100 percent, jake that could not have been said better uh that being said and you know, I given given the subject matter of the movie, I really, really have holistically enjoyed this movie. Um, I've only seen it. I think I saw it once or twice in my childhood and then I saw it again, um, obviously for the podcast. And it's definitely up there um, as one of my favorites. What do you have any history with this movie, Jake, uh, before we like delve into the plot? I do have some some history with this movie, but um, before I get into that, just because this is still, you know, even though our movie is a little different than what we've been normally covering, let's do a little quick catch up. Kate, how have you been since our last recording? Okay. I feel like I can breathe again because I just, um, yeah, covering this, again, I feel so unqualified and, and not, like, 
it's it's very difficult covering this movie for um as a white person that fully recognizes their white privilege but i have been pretty good my midterms are over so that feels incredible and uh yeah i've just you know i've been living living my best life i um I'm still very, anyone who knows me knows I'm very conscious of the coronavirus, uh, but I am past the point of, like, peak effectiveness, I guess you would say, for the second vaccine. So, um, yeah, my life's been pretty, pretty good. How about yours, Jake? I've been doing all right. Midterms are done for us, too. Thank God, got through all those, got all my things turned in, all my projects turned in on time. The grades are coming back. I've done, I did really good on all of them so far. Did so, you know, also just been living life, you know, um, just working on schoolwork still, but other than that, you know, nothing much really going on. <laughs> so really not much is, not much for us to catch up on. Huh? Yeah, there's not much, but I'm so glad that we made it through midterms alive because it feels so long when you're doing it <laughs> and makes me it's not tough. look forward to finals. <laughs> Like that last that like last week just felt like it went on for like a month. I'm like, are we done yet? I like know. the final due date was getting closer and closer, but it wasn't getting here fast enough. I know. I definitely agree with that. I had I technically have a due date tomorrow, but it's like a really really small thing by comparison to the other two things that I did, and it's. Yeah, it definitely, like, felt like it was dragging, and when I finally turned in my last midterm Monday, I I still have anxiety about it, because I haven't gotten any grades back yet, but that being said, again, when you're in that zone, it just feels like it drags on forever, but now we have finals in, like, a month and a half, and then we're done for, like, the academic year. So that yes. feels good to, like, have that knowledge. Yes, we will be done soon, and it will be summer, and I'm not planning on taking any summer classes this year, so yay. <laughs> I'm very jealous. I have to take, uh, well, I think I'm going to take Spanish. It could end up being French, but I have to dedicate my summer to make sure I learn a second language and take a pedagogy class, and I may take an English class. It's not going to be the most fun. <laughs> yeah. But being said I should have at least a week if not two weeks in May that I might do something fun during that time we'll see I still have to work out my schedule but yeah uh we're we're getting close we're getting there I find it interesting you have to take a foreign language course considering you're like an English major yeah so funny you say that Jake my okay so I had three minors in undergrad because I should have just gotten a dual degree but didn't have my life planned enough going in and uh, so I minored in history education and theater and global and international studies. And as a global studies minor, like I recognized, like I realized that an important la- or a foreign language would be a really co- good thing for me to learn because uh, traveling is like my favorite, my favorite thing to do. And I did a lot of study abroad, which I was very, very privileged to even be able to do. But it really opened my eyes to that. Like I wanted to learn a foreign language, but also at the same time, I wasn't great at foreign language in high school. I mean, I wasn't horrible, but I did struggle a little bit with it. And so I just kind of kept like pushing it off and I never did it. And then by the time I realized that I wanted to, 
I had like burned like I didn't have any room left in my undergrad unless I wanted to just take a lot more time which I did not personally want to do it was not the right decision for me so I got into this program and they required the equivalent of two years of foreign language to graduate the program which is fine because I can take accelerated language courses in the summer and I'll I'll be good but and ultimately it'll be a really good thing for me because again it's a skill that I've wanted for a very long time but that being said having to cram it into a summer is extremely intimidating and I'm I'm really nervous about it because I'm not again in high school I wasn't great at foreign language and weirdly enough it's kind of like a standard across the board to my understanding for English programs uh higher up for at least entrance to or not entrance but like I think most doctoral programs require a level of proficiency which I'm think I think I'm gonna apply to doctoral programs I'm I don't know what I'm doing with my future I'm just gonna put that out there for everyone I'm just I'm looking into all different options but anyway it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time and now I'm being forced to do it but I kind of wish it wasn't in such an expedited ex expedited time frame because it's it's nerve-wracking so that's my rant for today that I will be trying to become conversational in language over one summer and it's going to be interesting to say the least yeah it sounds like it um obviously for what I'm going for did my major in digital art and design I really don't need to do anything with language because you know art's a universal language right it is such a universal language I'm uh I love your work, though, and it's so good. The stuff that you get to learn is so cool. Like, when you send me your class schedules, I'm like, ooh, that sounds so interesting. I'm not good at art, but I'm good at admiring art, so. Right, yeah. <laughs> I I think that, uh, like, what you're doing is so cool, and you get to learn so many cool skills that someone like me will just, like, never, ever <laughs> have any idea uh, about. But anyway... Yes. All right. So now that we've caught up, let's get into some background on this movie. So let's, let's do that. So background on this movie. So Color of Friendship from the year 2000. It's the 14th official DCOM and it premiered on February 5th, 2000. So, you know, right in the middle of Black History Month. Makes sense, you know. And it is a based on actual events and people, which I think I told you about this morning, because I sent you a picture of what Piper looks like now. Yes. Yeah. Piper, our main girl in this movie. Yeah, that I was, sent you. That was wild. That this is all based on like real people. Right. Um. So yeah, it's it's basically um because I when I pulled it up on Disney Plus because this one is on Disney Plus it said it was biographical that was the official genre it was given on Disney Plus which I think is very interesting because yeah it technically is because the um because the main family in this um are were a real family that's so interesting like I yeah I mean I did know that I did definitely know that because the decom makes that clear but at the same time, it is just taking a doing a biographical picture of any kind is so outside of the realm of what I personally think of as decom. So, yeah, I thought that the whole premise of even using a 
a true story was really, really interesting. I'm sure there are other decoms that are based on true stories, but like it's not the genre that I think of. Right, and those are very far and few in between. It's just really get, before we even get into the main plot of this movie, just this movie's existence as a decom as a whole is so interesting, especially for us, because you know, for us growing up, decoms were High School Musical or Camp Rock or like Cowbells or something. But super lighthearted. Yeah, and now we have this, the 14th of the batch, you know, not even 20 in, and they're taking on such serious topics and tones and, you know, you know, discussing the real-life events that happen to real-life people. It's like, oh, wow, you guys really, you know, took a left turn from our last one, which was, you know, about superheroes. Yeah, really, though, it's completely different. And it's funny because Jake texted me last night about having to like record today and for whatever reason I had started but I hadn't finished so I don't want to speak on it not having serious topics because I don't know because I've not finished it but I've started our next one which is Alley Cat Strike and it's like about bowling or at least the first part that I've watched is seems to be about bowling and there's like some some basketball and stuff but it seems more typical decom and jake said something like oh this has such like heavy topic material and for some reason i thought of that movie and i was like wait what um and again it could because i haven't gotten to the end yet and i'm gonna feel really bad if it has heavier material and i haven't haven't finished it but um but that's definitely like by the first part that i have seen is more like typical decom uh, dealing with this kind of stuff is definitely not typical decom. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, so let's get into the cast. Well, firstly, let's get to the director. So this was directed by Kevin oh, Hooks. Did yeah. you ever? Did you have any history with this movie? I don't think you ever answered that. Oh, I was going to after the background. Oh, okay, cool. I just yeah. wasn't sure. Normally, do the background then the history, but you kind of jumped ahead and did history at the beginning of the episode. But I okay. know. I know, I'm all over the place. This episode's also different, just, you know, different whole to it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so um, this movie was directed by Kevin Hooks, who I looked into it. This is the only decom he's ever directed. Makes sense, considering it's a very much different kind of feeling movie than every other decom. Yes. Yeah, very different. So, yeah, Kevin Hooks is a director. Our cast, we have... Shadia Simmons as Piper Dellums, our main character. We have Lindsay Hahn as Mari Bach, who is the exchange student. Um, she is also very much not South African. She is very much American. She was actually... Do you remember Movie Surfers? I don't. Those commercials that would play on Disney Channel where they'd have, yeah. like, kids, like... I do. Okay, yeah, I do. I just... Yes. Yeah, um, she actually was a movie surfer. Really? Really? The yes. more you know. Yeah, so, but yeah, she's very much not actually South African. She was just doing an accent for this movie. Um, we have Carl Lumbly as Congressman Ron Dellums, who I did look at, I did look into him a bit more. Ron Dellums was, of course, a real person, a real congressman. He served from 1971 to 1998, and then from 2007 to 2011, he was actually the mayor of Oakland, California. Jeez, that's crazy. That's yeah. really... I, he just passed recently, actually. He only passed in 2018. Okay, so I don't know how accurate this is, too, um, but I found a Twitter thread um, that they say that the girl that 
uh, Mari is based on probably died as a result of her activism. So that's yeah, I was going to get into that. Oh, go for it. Yeah, because um, I was going to finish the cast off real quick. Um, we have Penny Johnson as Roscoe Dellums, who's the mom in this movie. Um, Anthony Burnett as Brandy Dellums? Wait, who's Brandy Dellums? Is that one of the sons? I guess so, because the other... So Anthony Burnett as Brandy Dellums and Travis Davis as Eric Dellums. Those are the little brothers. Um, and then we have Melanie Nichols King as Flora. She is Mari's maid. And that's it's really all we have for main character. Everyone else is kind of just side character much. But yes, so, yeah, according to Piper Downs, the real person, she says she, um, because in real life, Mari's name was actually, I believe, like, wasn't it like Carrie or something? Yes, that's what yeah. I um, am reading. Yes, but Piper has gone on record to say that the Dellums have no idea what happened to Carrie after she returned to South Africa. They fear that she might have yeah, been killed because of her um, anti-apartheid activism, which knowing that after seeing the ending of this movie, it's kind of almost makes the ending of this movie a real kind of downer. Yeah, it's really, really sad. I had no idea. Um, but I mean, yeah, apparently they t- they... The Dellums family attempted to reach Carrie, um, again, who goes by Mari in this film, and um, they couldn't. Like, they just tried to reach her several times, knowing that she had formed an anti-apartheid group and then gotten arrested for it at some point, and then they couldn't reach her. Um, I don't want anyone to take any of that as fact. I'm just reading a Twitter thread, but dang, that is sad. Yeah. Um. Another interesting fact about this movie, though, is that this is this movie actually won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Children's Program, which I believe this makes the it the only decom to ever win like an award, an Emmy Award. Really, that is, I mean, that's awesome. I I can understand why. Oh yeah, this movie, like, it's so weird talking about this amongst other decoms because this feels more like just a legit movie. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and now as far as my history with this movie goes, I don't think I've ever actually seen it. I've only ever seen the commercials for it. Because this is what this movie is about and what it covers. It became such a well-known decom in the sense that this is like an actual movie that's tackling real mature subject matter. And I'm like, oh, interesting. I've never seen it, though. And... You know, I think there's a re- there's we'll get into it and when we get into the positive movie, but I think there was reasonings for why Disney Channel stopped showing it after like only a few years. Though now, of course, it's it's available on Disney Plus, so you can watch it there whenever you want. But still, yeah, I had only grown up knowing about it. I'd never seen it until now. So getting to finally sit down and see it in 2021, really, my big takeaway was that this movie is still very much pretty prevalent in society today, just because of we are in 2021, you know, race relations, not even just in South Africa, but in America itself are, you know, still a very hot subject, even though, you know, we'd like to think we've come really far from, you know, where we were in 1977. In reality, you know, we still have so much more work to do. 100%. 100%. So that's my history with this movie, and you gave yours at the start of the podcast. Okay, I guess we should just jump into this plot. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right. I got to rip the band-aid off. So, 
The year is 1977. We are in Washington, D.C., where we meet the Dellums family. And the Dellums family live in Washington, D.C. Their father, Ron, is, of course, you know, congressman. And the daughter of the family, Piper, really, really, really wants them to host a foreign exchange student, um, specifically from Africa, because her thought process is if they get a black girl from Africa or a black student from Africa, they don't specifically just want a girl. They just want a student from Africa. They can like bridge the cultural gap between, you know, black Americans and black South Africans. So she really wants to do this. We see her like dressed in like traditional African garb and traditional African face paint, playing traditional African music. And it takes a little bit of convincing, but the father finally agrees to let them do it. And of course, Piper's super excited. And then we cut to, I believe, Dundee, South Africa, where we meet the Bach family. They're at a restaurant. Um, we have the mom, Mari, and her little brother waiting for her father to get to the restaurant. We learn her father is a South African cop, which I thought at first he was maybe in the straight-up military, just because of how militaristic his uniform looked. Yeah, it definitely did give that vibe. I'm not, other than... I don't want to say the basic facts, but I don't know a ton about South African history, uh, other than a lot of the stuff in in this uh, in this movie. But yeah, it did have a militaristic kind of feel. Right, and we learn as he walks in, we learn he's very happy because they have um, the police have captured. Um, Stephen Bicko, is that how you say his last name? I think so. If I remember. Not, I'm so sorry. I, I, I think so. Up. That sounds right to me, but I don't want to, again, I don't want to, like... Stephen Bicko, a known, they call him a known black troublemaker. In reality, you know, he was a very big advocate for, you know, the end of apartheid. He wanted to abolish apartheid. He wanted, you know, the system that was in place keeping black and white South Africans apart, you know, gone. But, you know, to the white South Africans, you know, he's a terrorist, he's a troublemaker, so they finally arrested him. So we learned that. We also learned that Mari really wants to go to America as an exchange student. And much like how Piper had to convince her dad to let them do it, she has to convince her. Mari has to convince her dad to let her go. And after... Once again, after some convincing, they agree to let her go to America as an exchange student. So that's the straight. That's our basic setup. And before we go on further, Kate, I want to go on a little tangent because you actually did host an exchange student in high school. I did. I did. She was from Europe, so very different from any African culture. She was from Germany, but yeah, she is one of my very best friends to this day. I absolutely love her. We are, again, we're still very close, and when we're not in a pandemic and our schedules line up, we try. Our hope is in the future to get together once a year, but that hasn't really happened the past few years because she was going to come in 20, come over to the U.S. in 2020, and of course we ran into COVID, 
which was very unfortunate. So the last time I saw her is I was actually an exchange student myself, but in college. So that's a little bit different in the United Kingdom. And so we met up during that time in 2018 and did a little weekend at Disneyland Paris. But I haven't seen her in person since then in October of 2018. So I love her. She's amazing. If you have the opportunity to host an exchange student, do it. It's awesome. Now, here's something I don't think you knew about me, Kate, but my family actually did do that in my freshman year of high school. I do vaguely remember that. I was going to say, didn't you host an exchange student too? But I didn't want to be wrong, so I didn't say it. No, we didn't. Ours was a boy. He was from Japan, and he was here with us in my freshman year, and we do still talk to him. On him, my mom, and me, and my dad. We still talk to him on Facebook and stuff. Um, he was really great. It was a great time. You know, we learned a bit about, we learned about, you know, Japanese culture. He learned about America. And it was really, really, really cool. And like I said, we still keep in contact with him today. So, you know, it was just a great experience. So I think it's pretty cool that we were both able to do that. Obviously, I haven't been able to visit a foreign country as an exchange student at all. But, you know, the opportunity to have host one was so cool and like such a enriching experience so really piper's argument about why they should host an exchange student is pretty real like it's just been really it was just a good time for when we did it 100 percent. i completely agree with that it's again i if you have the means I would like highly suggest it to anybody listening to this podcast. And I just, I, I remember, I was like thinking as I was talking about Mishy, uh, my exchange sister, I just th- was thinking, I was like, didn't Jake host an exchange student too? But we were just becoming friends in ninth grade. So like we were just becoming friends when you were hosting your exchange student. So like I couldn't quite remember, but right. Yes, no, it's a fantastic time. Highly recommend. Definitely agree that the rhetoric is real. <laughs> yes. So, in South Africa, we learn that Mari has been accepted into the, the exchange program, and she will be staying with with the family. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting their names. It's so bad. I mean, Dellums. I shouldn't be forgetting their the names. Del- they were real people. The Dellums. <laughs> but she, they're the Delumes. Because she's telling her maid Flora, who is, you know, a black South African, like we got, I got accepted to stay with this family, the Delumes, and she's like, "Are you sure it's that's how it's pronounced?" And she's like, "Yeah, I don't know why, like, how else you pronounce it." And so, um, we also, her brother says he found this bird, which is turns out to be a weaver bird, and Flora tells the kids about the weaver bird and about how there were a bunch of them in her home village and that she always admired them because they build a giant nest and they all put their own little nests inside. And, you know, they were all different colors, red, black, yellow, and doesn't matter what color they were, they lived together in this beautiful little nest. So, you know, obviously it's supposed to be like a, it's an allegory because she says sometimes, you know, I wish we could be more like these birds. Right. And that bird allegory actually becomes important by the end of the movie, so put a pin in that. Meanwhile, back in America, Piper's super excited because, you know, they think that they're getting a South, a black South African girl who's staying with them. They don't realize that they're getting a white South African girl because apparently the application didn't come with a picture of her. And 
Mari actually explains, well, I didn't want to send any of my pictures because all my pictures look bad. And I'm like, I know this has to happen for plot reasoning, but I'm like, did they seriously not in real life get a picture of the girl they were hosting before? Or she? I have to explain? Apparently Piper wrote a short story on this that inspired the movie, which I have never read. But as an English person, I really want to go back and read it because if I can find it anywhere, um, it's called, oh, I don't know how to pronounce that word and I don't want to butcher it, but it's S-I-M-U-N-Y-E. I don't know, but that's the title of the short story that Piper wrote. Um, but anyway, I, I want to go back and, and, and check it out but I to see if that's factually accurate or not, if they didn't get a picture, if that was more for dramatic potency. Right, right. But anyway, Piper's super excited because, you know, like she, she said, she thinks they're getting a black South African girl staying with them. Um, she's talking with some friends at school who includes someone, a boy who's apparently also from Africa, but he's from Nigeria. And they even point that out. He goes, I'm from Nigeria. That's actually really far away from South Africa. So, you know, I don't really know much about what they do over there. And that's a really good point they point out. You know, it's like Africa, much like the United States, is made up of all these different places that are, despite being in the same country, are not the not same the, as each other. Same continent. So I, I know what you just to clarify continent, but yes, um, continent. it's like saying that, you know, I mean, we have really big countries in North America, obviously, but Canada and the U.S. aren't like the same thing. Right. And so take that into a continent divided into much smaller countries and you're going to see like a lot of different cultures and i think that it is really imperative that they did point that out i think that's a great great point right because you could you it's always not great when you umbrella you know a whole giant like diverse group of people under one term like yes both mar mari and piper's friend are from africa but they are from very different parts of africa Yes, 100%. Yeah, you can't say, yeah, umbrellaing people in any kind of, any capacity is usually not going to end well. Um, but anyway. Right. So Piper is getting, not Piper, Mari. Mari's getting ready to head to the airport to leave for America. And her brother comes up in the driveway and he said, look at this flag I found. And I feel so bad I didn't actually look into what the flag meant. I assume it's just, like, a flag of, like, anti-apartheidness. But Mari basically gives her brother a talking to, being like, what are you doing? If Dad sees you holding this, we're going to be in, you're going to be in major trouble. Because with her dad being a police officer, you know, the flag of the anti-apartheid is very much a no-go in this house. So um, Florida grabs it from it and puts it in her pocket. And she's like, "I'll I'll take this. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. And Mari is just, she's very excited to see America because she's like, this is going to be like a big trip. You know, it's going to be real fun, even though she's technically going as an exchange student. And Flora goes, well, I think going to America will be good for you too. You know, they, it's a different place there. They are, they think differently than people do here. So I think it'll be a great experience for you. And so Mari leaves and we go to the airport where Piper and her mom are waiting to pick her up. 
But because, you know, no picture, they're expecting a black girl. And a black girl does walk off the plane, and they think it's Mari, but she walks right past into someone else. So they think, okay, maybe she missed the flight then, because Mari does come off the plane, but because they don't know she's white, she just walks right past them, and they don't notice. So it's not until they go to the desk, and they're like, hey, we were expecting someone on this flight, Mari Bach from South Africa. And Mari goes, oh, that's me. And right away, once they get a look at each other, you can tell things are going to be a little, ooh, that's the start. Yeah, there was definitely, you can feel, the acting is great here, because I feel like you can feel the tension of Mari being, like, in her head, oh my goodness, um, oh wait, well, yeah, Mari doesn't realize it yet, but the Dellums are like, wait, she's not a black South African. (laughs) And then eventually, a little bit down the road, you're going to see that same kind of thing in Mari, but for the opposite reason. Mari wasn't expecting to be staying with a black family. We're going to say that right up front. She was not expecting a black family, especially because she heard that the father of the family was a congressman. And, you know, in South Africa at the time, black people couldn't hold any position of authority or power. So to suddenly be placed in America where that was very much a thing now because of the civil rights movement, she's like in complete culture shock. But obviously Piper and her mom are going to are trying to make the best of the situation. So they go over to her and she go, they're like, are you Mari? And she's like, yes, I am. And we're like, okay, we're here to pick you up. We're the, you know, the Dellums. And she's like, oh, okay. Um, Well, um, I hear that there's a congressman in the family, and they're like, yes, you'll meet him soon. And she's like, okay, so, so let's go Mar- to the car. I was and- just going to say, Mari basically assumes that they must be, like, the help of right. the Dellums, not the actual Dellums. Right, because she tells them, well, I have two bags, I'll point them out to you. Like, they're going to be the ones carrying her bags. So then we go to, we just go straight to the Capitol, where... Piper's dad works because they bring Piper and her mom bring Mari with them to meet her dad, which I guess well it was 1977, so I guess it was easier to get into a, a Capitol building. I guess, yeah. But yeah, they meet her, and I want to. We should point out right now that the office that they are in, it is very much full of you know African American people. So when Mari walks in, she's just. Another just complete culture shock because, you know, she's not she's never seen a black person in a position of authority or power. So she's just like, oh, oh. and Piper's like, well, Mari, this is my dad, Congressman Dellum. And he's like, oh, hello. And the mom's like, yes, honey, this is our new house guest, Mari Bach. And, you know, right away because the dad's fighting, you know, as a congressman, he's fighting against apartheid in South Africa and now suddenly he has a white South African living in his house. And then you can see also in the dad some, oh. Yeah. It's just like um, an oh crap all around. Right. It's com- And it's interesting because it's coming from both sides because both sides had made an assumption about the other. Mari assumed right. because she was staying with the congressman's family, it was going to be a white family. And the Dellums assumed because they were getting a girl from South Africa that it was going to be a black girl from South Africa. So really it shows that both sides made an assumption that ended up not being true. Right. Exactly. So they go home and the 
brothers are still home and the friend from Nigeria and this one other random white friend they have who I didn't mention because he's really not that important. They're getting a welcome welcome party put together with once again traditional African garb and music because once again they think it's a black girl coming to stay with them. So when Piper and her mom walk in with Mari, they're like, wait, where is she? And one of the brothers straight up says, I thought we ordered a real African, which you know, out of context, that also doesn't sound great when you say it. Yeah. But, it doesn't, but it does. I mean, yeah, it's obviously it shows. It shows that uh, how heavily rooted that like assumption was. Right. Because it's like, yes, this more is not Africa is not just, you know, black people there are white people living in africa just like there's people of all different races and colors living all over the world you know but just because of how things have been presented to us in our lifetimes we just make these assumptions without even realizing oh wait maybe that's not a good assumption to make right all right so mari mari's in basically total culture shock so what does she do she runs up the stairs and locks herself in piper's room which how she knew which one was Piper's, I don't know. But yeah, she locked herself in Piper's room. She will not come out. Yeah. She then at at um at some point she cause she doesn't eat or like anything. She calls she calls her parents, doesn't she? And she's gonna come home, but then she doesn't. Yes, because at one point during the night when everyone's asleep, she comes out of the bedroom, goes downstairs to the kitchen to make, you know, a international call to her parents to basically be like hey you need to i need to come home right away but and if we saw this in the restaurant um her dad basically was kind of like uh joking around with her being like oh you're gonna be there for like two days and want to come home immediately because you're gonna be so homesick and he says that on the phone he goes see i told you you want to come home right you want to come home it's only been two days and mari basically goes no, actually, I'm just calling to tell you I'm having a great time. So Mari basically wants to prove her father wrong and that she can do this, which I wrote down. So her wanting to prove her father wrong is stronger than how she feels about how she's been told about black people her whole life. Yeah, I wonder if that's how it actually played out or not. But it were I mean, I don't I mean, it could have been it could have been. I mean, I don't know, but it did seem to add some dramatic poency instead of having like a conversation about it and if it did if that is how it played out in in real life then i mean what do i know it worked great for the film right uh yeah obviously like we said this was only we said this was inspired by real events we don't know how much of it is true to the actual experience yeah i mean maybe in piper's little book she explains more about it in detail but as far as this movie goes it's basically just Mari doesn't want to prove her wants to prove her father wrong. Yes, that's kind of what gets her to stay, at least for the meantime. Right. So eventually, she still in locked herself in the bedroom for a few. I want. I guess a few days, really. And eventually, the mom gives Piper some like fries and milkshake to give to her because it's you know been a couple days. She's like she's got to be hungry she's got to eat something so piper goes up to her own room and she knows how to pick the lock because she's like i locked myself in here enough times to know how to get in 
and she goes in and she sees Mari. She's still just sitting on the bed, still wearing the exact same outfit she came off the plane on. And she's like, here, I brought you some food. And I want to point out the line she says, I'm like, you do drink chocolate, right? Or do you only drink vanilla? Yeah. Which, yeah. I I don't even know how to respond. Right. But it was that. Yeah, it's just, um, but over time, I believe we were shown that um, Mari was actually looking through Piper's stuff, and she saw that she likes the same kind of music that she does, and she goes, yeah, um, you have, um, what is it, she's like really good taste in music or something, is that what happens here? Yeah. No. I- yeah, so they bond over their love of music. And Mari starts to, like, finally warm up to Piper. And she's like, I also saw you got a gift for me. And she's like, oh, yeah, did you open it? And she says, no, but I also brought a gift for you, too. And she's like, oh. So they open their gifts together, and they're, like, I believe friendship bracelets, basically. Yeah, it was jewelry of some kind. Right. But they were, like, the same. Basically. So they're like, huh. They just knew, well, it's like all we knew about each other was that you were a girl my age, so figured you'd like this. So that's what kind of gets their friendship going is, like, despite them coming from very different backgrounds, they have, like, a similar interest in, like, music and jewelry. So this gets Mari to, like, start trying to warm up for the family. So she eventually finally comes out of Piper's room and is going to move into the guest room like she was planning she was going to be planning to from the start but when she's moving finally gets out of the room um the dad thinks it's because she wants to leave so he grabs her suitcases and goes all right let's get you back to the airport or whatever and piper's like actually dad mari's gonna stay and he's like what she's like she's actually she wants to stay with us he goes oh okay then because um the mom and the dad had a conversation that last that earlier night basically being like so we basically now have this white south african girl living in our house and the dad's very much not like okay with that yeah he he is not fond of the idea but he sees that pipe not piper that so I want to call, I'm so sorry, I want to call the white girl Piper because that just seems like, you know, it should be how it is, but that's very much not. I, yeah, it, it shows how deeply ingrained our biases are, man. But like, it's, tr- I, I mean, know. it's true. Like, that's the thing, because I would say the same thing, right? But it just shows how deep, even the things as like little as names, it's so right. weird. It's like, it that is a product of the bias that is like literally so ingrained in us at this point which is not cool but like just uh, like also again i would say the same thing so it's like it's it, it's crazy anyway right plus also once they learn that mari's dad is a south african cop that also really makes the piper's dad be like okay we should really not have her in our house but once piper tells her that mari wants to stay he's like okay you can stay then so then the next day at breakfast, Mari finally comes down to, like, eat with the family. And at first, she tells the mom, well, I'd like, like, eggs and sausage and, like, some South African foods. And the mom goes, and this is a really good line from the mom. She goes, okay, Mari, 
So I'm going to let you know, while you're here, I'm going to treat you just like one of my own children. And that means you eat with the family and when the family does and what when you eat what we eat. So today for breakfast, you'll have some cereal. And I think that's just a really good, she wasn't like berating or yelling at her. She was just saying, okay, now that you've decided that you want to stay here, this is how it's going to be while you're here. Right. Honestly, the mom's a really good character in this movie. I really like her. Love the mom. Like, I absolutely, I adore this woman. I don't know if she, how, I mean, how much, again, of this character was similar to Piper Dellum's real-life mom, but that being said, she, she's the best. Like, she's the best character in this movie. Yeah, because she's really the voice of reasoning, because back at the um airport, she's the one who points out the fact that, yes, Mari is white, so she might not think favorably of them to Piper, but she also says to Piper, but we were also the ones assuming that just because she's from Africa, she was going to be black. So she's she is basically the voice of reasoning through this whole movie, and it's really great. Yeah, she's so wonderful. But anyway, so yeah. So breakfast happens, and eventually, so then they, um, Piper, Mari, and Piper's mom go to the mall to go, like, first day of school shopping. School hasn't started yet. It's a few more days before school starts. So they go to the mall. When it gets to the mall, they drive through a, a more, you know, run-down, you know, poorer part of the city. And Mari, once again, faces culture shock because she's just like, wait, is this still Washington, D.C.? And Piper's mom is like, yes, this is still Washington, D.C. It's just a different part of the town. And Mari explains that in South Africa, all black people need to have a travel ID that tells what their occupation is and where they're allowed to go for work. And Piper is just blown away by that. She's like, wait, they had to carry an ID so people know where they're going? And Mari's like, yes. And Mari, this is the first point where she drops this line. She says, they do it for their own, um, the government makes them do it for their own protection. Which, hearing that, just, you know, that just kind of sent a little oof down my spine. Because it's like, you know what that actually means. Yes, it's obviously horrific. But also, this part of the movie really demonstrated to me that how... Like, I almost said Piper 2 there. Mari really thinks that, like, she really believes it. Like, that people carry around ID cards or whatever for their own protection. Which is... It it, it shows how influent... Or, uh... Oh, what, what is the word I'm looking for? How... How just growing up where she did has just affected things. Yeah, it's like how they've really managed to manipulate an entire population because obviously from a far different perspective, like, you know, I can say all I want as someone who has grown up in the United States and is 23 years old in the year 2021, um, you know, and is white and everything, but, like, that that's horrible. Like, that's literally so, so, so messed up. But, again, I'm a product, everyone's a product of their environment, and it, it just really demonstrates how she was manipulated for her entire life. Yeah. 
it's just it's a good scene to show that you know where she's from everything is so different you know like she's not used to this kind of thing and they get to the mall and even at the mall she goes so are all malls in america like this and piper's like like what and she's like they just allow anyone of any race to shop together and piper's like yeah that's just how it is and she goes on to explain capitalism it's like because they want your money so they're not going to turn anyone away if they're a paying customer no matter what they look like right so then we get our first montage of this movie there's a few montages in this movie we get a fun little shopping montage where they very much remind you this is the 70s yes with those clothes that's all i'm gonna say on that those clothes though the clothes and the music and then just the fact that they're at a mall which i'd like to say mall culture really like peaked in the 80s really because the 90s it started to go down 2000s it wasn't really much of a thing and now you know the 2010s malls were basically just not a thing as like they were back in the day yeah which makes me sad because i really enjoyed going to the mall as a kid but i mean oh well i think i think honestly if like i think if any malls survive in the next decade they're going to be the ones either in big cities or like if movie theaters cinemas if they survive which who knows with everything with the pandemic if they survive it will only be could be could be because like the malls that are anchored to them might be like the only thing the only malls that survive and not huge cities but i guess we'll see anyway yeah because yeah, um also i should preface this being like i never really lived near like a multi-level mall the one closest to me is only one floor and it's like you know just one end one end that's it but there's you know cities around us that have you know the multi-level malls with like the big food courts and all the cool stores i remember there was one we went to when i was a kid that had the disney store and that was the coolest thing ever because it had the disney store and it also had build a bear yes i loved that mall and i would go to build like my my mom would take me i'd say from the ages of like nine or ten through like age 12 fish maybe even 13 like my mom would take me and a friend and oftentimes the friend's mom would come too to build a bear and then we'd go to the mall for the day and it's interesting because now where I'm currently temporarily settled there's a two-story mall near me and it's it's really nice but there's it's usually very I don't want to say empty but it is very desolate compared to what you would think like when you think of a mall you know there's not that many people in there most of the time and it's really sad because I don't want it to shut down yeah I mean everyone says online shopping really killed malls and it's like and I'm sure you know COVID didn't help either yeah no COVID did not help either that being said the malls that I've seen in big cities like my parents have a place in uh in Florida because they're older and they're both retired and COVID kind of put a, a little wrench wrench in their plans, but um, they're hoping to like move down here and it's not that far from Orlando. Um, we've talked about going to horror nights and are hopeful um, how we're making plans to come down here together. I'm here as we speak um, in October and there's a really, really nice mall that we sometimes go to in Orlando and it's always busy 
It's really, really nice, but it's in a pretty affluent area to my understanding. And it's right next to a huge tourist city. So I feel like those are the kind of malls that will survive a little bit longer. Also like water tower place in Chicago, stuff like that. But I don't, I can't. Yeah. I mean, as far as like the suburban mall, they're, I don't want to say they're old, but dead, but they're, they're barely hanging in there right now. Yeah. So it's so interesting seeing this movie then, you know, they're at the mall, it's all these shops, all these floors, and they go to the food court, and there's these basically Dapper Dan's barbershop quartet singing to people, because it's, you know, birthday stuff, you know, like when you go to a restaurant, it's your birthday. Right. Staff come out and sing to you. And what's interesting that we should point out is that Piper sees a black worker at this food court accidentally spill something on a white customer and reminds her because back at the restaurant back at the beginning of the movie where her and her family was that exact same thing happened but in south africa what happened is that the white man actually like hit the worker and also called him a south african racial slur so she's like oh no but obviously that doesn't happen here in this scene in america he just you know the worker apologizes and it's like it's just like I'm sorry. Can I do anything to make it up to you? And the and the sh- shopper basically goes, "It's oh, it's fine. I mean, it's like a different another one of these would be great." And it's like and pipe and not pipe. And Mari's just like, "Oh, things really are different here." Yeah. So I think that's definitely a pivotal moment where it clicks for her that there can be a world, obviously, and. I don't want to make the U.S. sound idealistic by any means, but I think that it shows they're like she I think she always literally like her thought process was this separation of races is the way things are. And this incident proved to her that it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And then also Piper actually ordered told the wait staff that it was Mari's birthday so they could get the fun little Sunday and the sing. Barbershop Quartet, so that was a fun little scene. So then they go home, and they're just looking at all the stuff they bought over the day. And this is when we get another real, like a real, real scene. Because this leads to the conversation between Piper and Mari, where Mari explains to Piper the different words they have in South Africa for black people. Is this where where, um, Piper says a certain word in the context of everything, but I was like shook? Yeah, this is where Piper, both Piper and Mari say the, the word. <laughs> um, that we are not going to say on this not podcast. Say. And because Mari says a different, basically a South African version of that word. And Piper asks, is that like the South African equivalent of this word? And Mari's like, yeah, but I would never like call you that, you know? I'd never call you this, like, actually, like, offensive word. I'd call you, like, the actual, like, just straight-up South African word for black. Yes. And let me just, I don't, I don't remember, I I don't, I was, I, I, I guess the only thing that I have to say about this is I was very, it didn't make it more true to life, and but that being and the I the I, I want to make sure that I phrase this correctly or to the best of my ability. At, I 
don't remember, although I don't know if Mari used the quote-unquote American version of the word. I can't, I don't remember her doing that. I know that Piper did, which is, there's the whole thing about reclaiming language and as a person of color, like that's totally, you know, okay, okay, but um, I, I was, and especially in the context, but I was very shocked to hear it in a decom like I I know this came out in 2000 but I was still like they said they said like did she just say that um and then to bring in the South African slang too which Maori does use uh it was it was like it was it was it was a whoa moment for me for sure yeah definitely because like you gotta remember this was playing on Disney Channel, so it's like, whoa. Yeah, I was like, I I remember I texted you. I was like, she just said what? Just because it is a Disney Channel original movie, you know, it does. I think that the script does make it true to life, you know, and I I think that it does demonstrate like the severity of the issues and everything. But it was definitely just not what I was expecting to hear in a decom like I did not think that they would even put that language in there just because of the fact it's a decom right so then later that night Mari not Mari um, no wait yeah Mari goes down to the uh like a living room because she can't sleep and she's looking through the books and like in the house and she finds roots which I I'm just like, oh, the book of it. Because I know when when we were in school, they just showed us, like, the movie, basically. Yes. And the father comes down, and she's just like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be up. I was just, you know, couldn't sleep. And he's like, oh, that's fine. I mean, what are you reading? And she's like, shows him the book. And he goes, oh, Roots, that's a really good book if you want to learn about, you know, what slavery was like here in America. Um, have you, were you ever taught about that in your South African schools? And she goes, no. And he goes, well, then you should read this. And what's really interesting about this scene and why I think it's a really good scene is because right before this, we had a scene where uh, Piper was talking to her parents about Mari telling her about the different words in South Africa for black. And because she gets confused for a minute, she makes it seem like to her parents that Mari called her like the word. Yes. And her parents are like right there and then ready to just throw Mari out. And, and she goes, no, wait, I'm, I got it confused. She said, that's she was, the word I'd never call you. Yes, because she was thinking of like the South African version of the word for a better, for lack of a better way to say it. So she got, she wasn't really, she got, yeah, she just genuinely like got confused. Right. So what I like about this scene then is that after that was explained to him, the father's kind of now really ready to open up to Mari and he's like oh well that'd be a great book for like to read to learn more about you know this stuff here in America so then they go to bed and then we go to the first day of school and I wrote in my notes okay first day of school oh I am not looking forward to this because I was like 110% sure they were going to show Mari doing something or saying something that was going to be racist yeah I kind of got the same vibe which they kind of really didn't. She goes there and she has to stand in this line and wait with the other transfer and exchange students. But as she's getting in line, she accidentally 
bumps into another student and he drops his books in response and the student is black and she just kind of stands there like almost petrified yes and she ends up getting in line um well wait first piper she's all petrified and then piper comes up and defends her because that uh kid that she ran into who you know just so happened to be black was also just being like a jerk because she ran into him and then didn't say sorry and piper just like stands up for her and i was like yes you go piper um but then she goes to she she's finally uh makes her way to the back of the line for exchange students and they show like a lot of people of color in that line and she looks like so uncomfortable well, yeah, and she even said she was surprised that she'd be going to the same school as Piper because, you know, in South right. Africa, schools are segregated by race still. Right. She, she wasn't aware that, you know, in America, you know, integrated schools were very much a thing by 1977. So she gets there and she's just like, you know, it's another cultural shock for her. She's not used to seeing, you know, people of different races attending school together. And right. so she ends up in line between two people of color and actually, we kind of cut from there because we don't even see what happens the rest of the day. We just immediately cut to them at home, which is an interesting choice, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I um, Not what I was expecting, but I was like, okay, well, I guess that's over. I guess nothing major happened the first day. Um, we do learn that um, Mari was assigned a book report on a book that is apparently banned in South Africa. We learned that the South African government has banned, you know, certain books, movies, TV shows, music. And once again, Mari says it's to protect us. But I'm assuming the real reason is because it was made. They were all made by black people. Yeah. And or propagated stuff that the, that, you know, would have been like anti-apartheid kind of messages or really right. anything the government didn't like, want to uh, um, promote. Right, because we learned she knows Casey and the Sunshine Band's music, but apparently they don't know that Casey and the Sunshine Band had people of color in it. Yeah, she just assumed everybody of any significance as far, yeah, like anywhere must be white like that sounds horrible to say but like that's the way that she thinks right so she's reading this book that's you know banned in south africa and once again you know she's just learning more and more about how kind of just in the wrong her government really is which is interesting yeah Um, and i believe we get just another montage of just her and piper and the family becoming you know close you know they're like going to the movies together they're just, you know, hanging out together. They're, you know, Piper's going to learn how to play tennis from her. Um, until one day, they're coming home, and there's just a mysterious car in the driveway. And that's when we learned that the South African embassy, like, representatives from the South African embassy, are here to take Mari away. And they won't say why. They just said, we've been informed to take pretty much any South African student here an exchange program back to the embassy with us and of course because the family is black that mari is staying with 
they don't give the family the time of day. Like, they don't give the Dellums the time of day. No, they just straight up tell Mari, pack your bags, we're leaving, you're never coming back. And Mari is actually very distraught because she's become very close with the Dellums, you know. They have become a second family to her. But she has no say in the matter. She's being basically whisked away to the embassy because we learn that, well, according to the news so far, the South African news, uh, Stephen Biko killed himself in prison. Yes. Now that there are yeah. anti-apartheid protesters standing outside of the embassy claiming that that's not the truth. And this is another thing where we see just how one's environment really affects how they're raised because Mari asks as they're arriving, what's with all the people out here? What's with all the signs? And the embassy people just says, say, don't mind them. They're just other troublemakers. Yeah. Um, and she, um, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, you can tell she's kind of starting to question it. But we learn later that she just holistically believes it when they say that, oh, my goodness, what's the guy's name? I'm forgetting okay. Yes, when they say that he uh, committed suicide. Right. So she's basically being held in the embassy. And Piper, back at home, is like in complete... She's a complete mess. She's like crying. She's like, why did they just take her like that? Like, they can't do that. And then she, I think, on the news hears that it comes out that it was actually not suicide. Biko was actually beaten to death by the South African police. And she goes, oh. So she's just kind of sitting out in the backyard when her friend from Nigeria shows up. And I'm going to be real, he kind of comes off as a little manipulative now because he kind of makes her start questioning her entire friendship with Mari solely off of, did she ever invite you to visit her in South Africa? Yeah, which I understand, like, why he did that, but also it doesn't make it any more okay because Mari you know you can't help what you're born into and as horrible and problematic as her culture was she was beginning to change at that point right and so now Piper is basically just reconsidering whether or not her whole friendship with Mari was real or not meanwhile at the embassy Mari's like what's going on I want to go back to the Dellums, I want to go back to my host family, and the embassy's not telling her anything. They just said, we can't let you go back there. You, We don't feel like you'd be safe there. And she's like, why not? And they just won't tell her anything. They're just like, you'll understand when you're older. And it's like, huh, where have I heard that before? Yeah, right. So eventually, they give her the phone to call her parents to, you know, arrange a flight to for her to go back home. But she doesn't call her parents. Who does she call? She calls Piper. But unfortunately, Piper does not pick up the phone in time. So Mari is about to actually call her parents. But then, because Piper was able to call her dad in time to tell her, tell him that the South African embassy took Mari away, he shows up at the embassy and he's like, don't worry, I'll get you out of this. So then we cut to that night. And Piper's just being sad, lying on her bed. She's listening to some sad music. And Mari shows up. She's like, 
didn't think you'd get rid of me that easily, did you? She goes, what? How did you get back? And she's like, your dad, he came and got me. And she's like, I don't, and Mari's basically like, I don't know what all that craziness was about, but I'm glad to be back. And Piper decides to just be like, well, that craziness was because it was revealed that Biko was killed by the South African police. And because Mari's father is a South African police officer, she doesn't believe her at first. She goes, no, I'm, no, she totally believes that he just killed himself. She can't believe that the police would do such thing like this, which, hmm, sitting here in 2021, hmm, really makes you think, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's not at all similar to stuff that has happened in the United States today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so they have this huge, they basically have a falling out over this, because even though Mari has, you know, made good progress in realizing, like, everything her government told her wasn't essentially the truth. She still has a little bit of that learned prejudice and racism inside of her. So they have this fight and Mari basically runs out of the house crying. And Ron, the dad, goes out to talk to her. And he's like, I didn't go through all that trouble at the embassy just for you to, you two to get into a fight. So what's up? And Mari just kind of breaks down right there. And she goes, I could never ask Piper to come visit me in South Africa. Because she realizes it just wouldn't be safe for her to be there. Not even just, like, because of how her government is, but just because of how her family and her friends there think. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she... So, isn't at this point, like, she tell... Wait, the dad talks to her for a second, right? First? Yeah, yeah she lets... He lets her get all her feelings out. And then Piper comes down because she sees them talking. And this is when Mari tells them the story of the bird that she was told. About about how, despite them all being different colors, they were able to come together and build a big nest and live together. Yeah. I, um... Yeah, so it... Again, this will come up yet again. Um, very soon. But... Is this where we cut to uh, Representative Dellum's speech? Yes, because then we cut to, um, we learned over the course of this whole movie that, yeah, the congressman was putting together a pan-African festival. So we cut to the festival, and of course they're there, and Mari is with them, and um, she gets she gets one of the flags that represent anti-apartism, and she takes it. She, you know, she's like, yeah, I'll take one. And this is where he gets his speech, includes the bird story. And he's like, I've once recently, I've just met a new friend from South Africa. And basically, like, if she, she basically just like, if she can understand what her country is doing is wrong, maybe there is still hope for apartheid as a whole to be abolished soon in the future. Yes. Yep. I mean, that's pretty much exactly what happens. And it's a really good speech, honestly. I wish I wrote it down or, like, kept a note of it or something, because it's just really good. It's basically just saying things may be bad now, but there is hope for the future. Yeah. It, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. It was a good speech. I need to watch some of Representative Dellum's speeches on the uh, interwebs and see if he was um, as eloquent in real life, but I assume he was. Yeah. Cause... So then we get to the like the real last few scenes of the movie 
Um, we are at the airport again. Mari's about to go home. We're having our emotional goodbyes. And it's just like, you know, she says goodbye to everyone. She's like, you know, you were great to me. Um, I think she says she'll try and write or something. And then she goes back home. And when she lands back in South Africa, she reunites with Flora, her maid. And she shows that in the jacket she's wearing, she sewed in the anti-apartheid flag into it. And the movie ends with her going and taking her brother's weaver bird and releasing it. And we end on a just a stop cut of the bird flying away. And we're done. So, Jake, what did you think about this movie? What do I think about this movie? There's a lot to say about this movie. It's, you know, like I said, it's just so different than any of the other DCOMs, like, even any of the ones made after them, I can't think of anyone that cover real life history or real serious subject matter like this. It's like it's it's very much just in a league of its own. I, you know, it's just a really well done movie that I still can't believe is under the decom banister. Yeah, it's very 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 well done. I don't know what the highest rating I've given a decom is so far. But I was going to give this one a, probably a nine. Just, I, I'm only withholding a point in case they're like, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it though. Um, It's not what I would have expected as a decom. It was my favorite one that we've watched so far though. Um, But yeah, it's, it's super different and a lot more serious yeah i'd say i'd also give this a nine just also because it's just so different so serious but it's still you know it's doing a really good job of handling these crazy serious subjects which like i said at the start subjects like this which are still very prevalent 21 years later you know we are still very much in the middle of like fighting for racial equality not only in just like other countries but in america too you know just you know to uh, just you know last year with the rise back in the of the black lives matter movement and just now today a lot of people speaking out now about the recent surge of asian american hate crimes that have been happening it's like we like to think we figured it all out back in like the 70s but in reality we still have so much more work to do if we want to reach a point where anyone in any country can feel safe to just you know live as themselves a hundred percent it's we have so so much work to do in this country still there's so there it's it's a lot it's a lot to even think about but um you know we're still so far from where we really should be but you know yeah I mean I guess that's all I have to say on that I don't even want to you know say but at least we're moving in the right direction because that that totally under does that does nothing for anyone and completely um trivializes uh events that should definitely not be trivialized and in fact should be taken like incredibly incredibly seriously so uh yeah that's really all I have to say on that um yeah if you want to add anything i don't know i'm just gonna say i'm probably in the show notes for this episode gonna 
post some links to different sites and places where, you know, our listeners and anyone else who wants to help out with these um, causes can, you know, I feel like it's very important to let our listeners know that there are ways that they can help, even if they don't think they can, and that these are good, real causes that deserve the attention that they're getting. Yes, 100%. Yeah, so uh, that was our episode folks yes that was the color of friendship this is normally where i'd ask you um not ask you but tell you what our next decom is but you already know our next decom is alley cat strike it's a lot more light-hearted material than the, the episode we just did so you know we're gonna bring it back down to normal decom level we just you know had to talk about this first but i felt like it was an important discussion to have either way it's a fantastic movie um But like you said, it's just, especially, you know, neither of us being black, and again, I will point to myself and say, especially me being white, it's important that, you know, you know, talking about these, this movie and having these discussions, like, you know, recognizing privilege and, and the fact that, that, you know, there's, there definitely, we can't speak to this movie um, again, especially myself from from the perspective of a of a black person, but um, it is an important movie to cover with really, really important themes. And I, you know, as serious as this podcast had to be, I am I'm really glad that we had it and I'm really glad that this decom was on the list because again, it's my favorite to date for sure, but it's just it definitely does deal with themes that are just not normal in most decoms. Right. And then actually before we fully get out of this movie, we actually do have one listener who gave us some feedback on the movie. Ooh, awesome. So what did they say? All right. So this is from Phantom Reviewer um, from our Instagram DMs. Um, they basically say throughout the movie, the characters Piper and Mari, um, have stereotypes about each other's lifestyles as genuine for kids their age but when they embrace the issues at hand it really feels like they're growing together as friends rather than constantly arguing or having conflicts with each other it feels believable which honestly not many decoms do with their characters yeah the characters are really good in this movie and i think it's because they were based on real life people so they had a lot more to work with 100 so that's sorry Sorry, so I was going to say, so that's just, you know, them giving kudos to the writing for this movie because it was really well done. Yeah, I do agree with Phantom Reviewer. Thanks for writing in. Appreciate you. Uh, yeah, no, it does definitely see, uh, it does have much more believable characters, I would say, than the majority of DCOMs. I, as much as I love DCOMs, clearly I'm here in this podcast but that being said, they can at times, you know, especially the older ones that we've seen, they can have a tendency to feel a little bit hokey, um, a little bit like not true to life. But um, and sometimes that adds to the like lighthearted nature of them and what makes, you know, the brand kind of what it is in a positive way. Um, I would never speak illy of decoms um, holistically in the slightest, but. Yeah, this having it based, like you said, Jake, on like real people, I think that that really added to the dynamic nature of the characters for sure. 
Right. But yeah, thank you, Phantom Reviewer, for writing in. And now that we've come to the end of the podcast, Kate, where can our listeners follow you on social media? Our listeners can find me at KV, um, as in Victoria, random on Instagram. I almost said Twitter, but that's Instagram. And then at Kate V random on the Twitters. How about you, Jake? Yes. Um, listeners can find me on Twitter at Jake blue 98 and on Instagram at Jake blue art. And if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, that's at T S O S N podcast. And on Instagram at something new pod. And you can also, you know, DM us on there like phantom reviewer did to give us your thoughts on the movies we're talking about. You can also email us your thoughts. Our email is start of something new podcast at gmail.com. But and if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a rating review. And if you do that, we'll leave, read it live on the show. And also, this podcast is hosted on Anchor, which is a podcast app that allows you to make industry podcasts wherever they are listened to. And if you're on Anchor, you can leave us a voice message and we will listen to that on the show as well. But with that all being said, this is the end of the episode. So thank you so much for listening to this very different, very more serious episode of the podcast. But we will see you guys next time to talk about bowling. Yes, we are. Uh, hey, Jake, did you know that when I was in like eighth grade, I actually was on a competitive bowling league? Well, kind of. I don't know if it was really that competitive, but I was on like a formal bowling league in eighth grade. I was oh. not good at it. <laughs> well, you'll have to tell us more about that in next episode, but we will see you guys then. Have a good day. Yes, have a good one. See you next time. Bye. <laughs>